Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Tea Circle. I'm Devin, your host for today, and you've just joined in on another episode of the Tea Party. I have another special guest interview with Miss Paige. Hello, Paige. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic and stoked to be here. I am stoked for you to be here as well. And for you guys at home or the office, wherever you guys are listening in on this podcast, I want you guys to know that we did have some mimosas today and some croissant sandwiches. They've been really good and tasty. And instead of tea, we went with the mimosas today. (laughs) But either way, I think it was just like a fun girls day today. So I hope you guys have fun and enjoy the podcast episode today just as much as we're enjoying it. And so Paige, just kind of rough summarize who you are as a person and of course we'll go into more detail but just kind of introduce yourself yeah well first and foremost my name is Paige I'm born and raised from Los Angeles California specifically North Hollywood um I moved out to Colorado in 2019 of January for the spring semester at CU Boulder and now 2022 I'm going to be graduating in three weeks oh man I'm super excited to talk more about this because 2019 I mean that that was right before the pandemic pretty much right yes yes and it was rough (laughs) so we'll go into more detail about that I'm definitely curious and I'm super excited to talk a little bit more about your schooling and how you came to Colorado and all of that jazz so everybody at home your office wherever you are just grab that self yourself a cup of tea, cup of goodness, or even some of that mosa and join us here in the tea circle so we can get started. I should like to help everyone if possible. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. The human beings at our best are so inventive and creative and ingenious. Where there's life, there's possibility. There is discovery. There is possibility. There is freedom. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you have imagined. Your only limit is your soul. I am awake. I am alive. All right, so now that we all have our beverages, let's get started. So, Paige, you kind of mentioned at the intro there that you are from Los Angeles, California. Tell us a little bit about that, like what your life was kind of like in Los Angeles. Because obviously... I've never actually been there, and I've been to California, but just not in that area. And you said Hollywood, so it just kind of, I don't know, sprung the idea of what it was like to kind of live in that area. Did you, you know, meet a lot of famous people? Like, how did that lifestyle work? It's so funny, because every time I mention North Hollywood, I get it all the time. I'm like, oh, Hollywood! (laughs) And that's actually my nickname most of the time is Hollywood. Oh, okay. Which I'm not from Hollywood, I'm from North Hollywood. (laughs) Two different things. Two different things. Um, But I did work in a pretty nice area with a lot of celebrities. So I did see them a lot. I worked at a grocery store and they have to get groceries. So I've seen like Jennifer Lawrence and Tim Robinson and uh, oh my goodness. I forgot one of them, but there's like just so So many, many so many people I've seen in there. And it was awesome. I mean, they're just like. Anybody else, like, you know, you and I, like, they they have to get groceries. They're going to do day-to-day things. It's just interesting to see them in their natural habitat, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Versus, like, in a film. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, singing an album or whatever. But, no, that's really cool. So, 
you know, growing up, you just, you know, went to high school. Was it anything that you were interested in, like outdoor sports or like were you interested in any extra curricular activities? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, my parents, first of all, got me into private school for middle school and through high school. And I played tennis, varsity tennis, all through high school. And it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I did soccer for like seven, eight years as well when I was little. Right on. My dad was one of the coaches. Oh, okay. So that was really fun. Yeah. Except when you get really upset. (laughs) And he was your dad. Yeah. So that was a lot. Um, But yeah, it was, I did so many sports. I did t-ball, you know, tennis, baseball, there's all sorts of sports. It was awesome. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So it's so funny that you mentioned the tennis because I actually played tennis my junior year and it was the junior varsity or whatever because it was my first year and I was actually going to be in varsity in my senior year but then I got sick so I couldn't play but like tennis is definitely really fun so now that you've said that we're actually going to have to like bring out our you know rackets and and play a little bit definitely like i'm definitely down i haven't played in so long so forgive me for being rusty but i i also haven't played in so long i think it's oh. been like seven years honestly yeah, so since i've played tennis just like so i might even be course, like right over worse here, than you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think it'd be kind of fun to just get outdoors and play a little bit like it's always nice to come back down to your roots a little bit and like play sports you haven't played in a really long time because as adults we don't really get to do that as much as we'd like to when we're in school it's natural because you can sign up for you know sports and you know a group or a team really easily and you can just jump right in and do it but as an adult you can't really do that as much yeah I remember when I quit soccer and years later I would watch people playing and kicking the ball around and I was like damn I miss that so much yeah yeah (laughs) soccer I it's not that I never got into it. I just was so, like, disoriented. <laughs> what do they call it? I just, I, I feel like I would just trip over the ball and just fall on my face. <laughs> I was never good with my feet in that way. Like, yeah. I just, I was more of a runner. And so that's what I did. I just, I, I ran. But yeah, I, I was never good at maneuvering the ball the way that I wanted to. It was so weird because I was so good at soccer but when it came to tennis, I was great at tennis, but I had, uh, they used to nickname me Leadfoot because I wouldn't move my feet sometimes. <laughs> and they're like, Paige, you gotta move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Especially, uh, I, I learned that through basketball too, is because like, you're, for basketball, you have to run back and forth, like mm-hmm. a lot of running. And you'd think I'd be used to from all the running that I do from track and like, you know, just overall activities and stuff like that and I couldn't handle for some reason my body was just like like frozen I was like oh I'll just wait for the ball to come to me (laughs) it just doesn't work that way just pass it over here yeah I'm over here I'm right here (laughs) yeah so basketball was as much as I enjoyed it never I never went into basketball for that that reason just Mm -hmm. because I was like I don't understand like the the ball can come to me like I can't run up and down the the court but no it was super fun I always enjoyed volleyball too volleyball was fun I also played volleyball that was great I always (laughs) did like the summer camps and stuff those were always really fun oh yeah but uh yeah that's awesome so let's see you did soccer and tennis and then how was it that you like, once you graduated high school, what happened? I 
definitely took some time off. I think I took like a semester off from school just mm -hmm. to kind of work and save some money up. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went into community college and I started taking some classes. Um, I just worked at like general classes like math and English and stuff. Some general classes, but I also was taking child development classes oh, okay. because I started working at a preschool. Oh, okay. Kind of my last year of high school. And so I got my units for child development. I started being a teacher's assistant and part-time teacher. And I did that for three years. Yeah. While also working at a grocery store and going to community college. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So I was working all the time, honestly. So how did you come into that field for child development? I mean, was it something that you always wanted to do or it just sort of fell into your lap? It kind of fell into my lap a little bit. I started helping out with the middle school I used to go to and doing like the after school daycare mm. and helping out whenever they needed some help watching the kids. And one day the preschool teacher was like, hey, like, do you want to come work for me? You know, and she had taken care of my little brother oh, okay. when he was going to preschool. And I was like, definitely, that's what I want to do. I love kids. Yeah. So it was a no brainer. Yeah. You know, it was really easy to do those child development units. Um, but yeah, and I stuck around for three years helping them out. So. Nice. so then what was the trigger to stop doing it after those three years? What happened after those three years? That is a great question because it was, I think I was exhausted, oh, you know? Okay. I think you start to realize five days a week with kids for eight hours a day, and they're two years old to four years old, and they are like, Miss Paige, Miss Paige, and you are. Running around. And I was one of those that would hop on the tricycle, and I would have the kids on the back, and it's my knees are almost hitting me in the face, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah. riding this tricycle around the school, Yeah. and I'm like, I'll just get home, and I was like, I am... I'm so tired. I literally just want to watch some TV yeah. and go to sleep, yeah. you know? And then I wanted to kind of finish up my um, general education classes at, at community college. And that's when I needed to stop working there. I was like, I don't have enough time. Okay. So I quit that job. So you could finish school. So that I could finish up my finish general part. ed. Yeah. And um, I was still working at the grocery store at the time as well, oh, doing okay. that part time. Oh, yeah. So you were doing three things or four things at once. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a blur at this point. I really <laughs> yeah. don't know how I made it. <laughs> yeah. We all go through that. Yeah. We're like... Did I really just do that for the last three years? Like, yeah. really? Wow. <laughs> like, I must have been superwoman. How was I holding myself together? But that's it. I mean, it kind of catches up to you. I mean, I think that's how it works is, you know, you can do it for only for so long until your body's like, eh, well, we're slowing down here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much longer we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind. <laughs> what happened to your self-care days? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and it catches up to you. I mean, you know how much I kind of preach self-care and how important it is, but I think that sometimes we forget it because we're hustling and hustling, and then mm -hmm. eventually your body is like, okay, uh, it's time to self-care now. Like, Because whether we know it or not, like our bodies are trying to tell us, and it's... It'll catch up for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you did it for three years. So after, at this three-year mark, your body was tired and you were just feeling it. So I guess what happens or what happened after that? What, what happened at that three-year mark where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore? Yeah, so I focused on school. I went back to school, finished my general education at community college, and 
just did that the whole time until I finished. And when I finished, I got two associates because I had taken so many classes. <laughs> because I had the child development, yeah. which is a whole behavioral science oh, yeah. um, associate's degree. And then I had a whole regular STEM associate's degree. Okay. Which was great. I don't even know how I did it, but I got two associates. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then once you finished college. Yeah. So once I got those degrees, I... I applied to my dream college at that point, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to apply to the school, and it was UC Davis at the time, and I worked. Why is it your dream college? They had a zoology program at the time that I was really interested in, and that was kind of, I was born and raised thinking that I needed to go into veterinary school and like work with animals and that was always the thing that's what everyone always told me that oh my gosh you're gonna be great working oh, with animals like you is know it just because you grew up around animals or how was it that it was sort of implemented that you were going to work with animals yeah i was born and raised with animals and i mean i was in a household with we always had four dogs and five cats that oh, we wow. rescued from outside yeah at one point my mom rescued 12 bunnies which became 80 within seven <laughs> years. They, yeah, because um, they like, multiply like crazy. <laughs> and we had built this entire cage outside, and I was taking care of them at 12 years old. I was yeah. taking care of the 40 oh. to 80 bunnies throughout these seven years. So your parents weren't veterinary? No. Oh. No, no, no. They just thought because of all your experience with animals, Absolutely. you would work with they animals. They were like, oh my gosh, you're going to love working with animals. And I definitely did. It was like yeah. what I thought I wanted to do at the time was be a zoologist. Oh, okay. But then I was like, I don't want to work at a zoo. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Not that it is. You didn't think to do like veterinary versus zoo, like working at a zoo. I wanted to work more with like wildlife animals oh, more than anything. Yeah, well, working with tigers, you know, bears and you know, what else? I mean, that would yeah. be awesome. And at the time there was this really awesome high school that was you would go to school like regular school and then they would you would hop on a bus and it would take you to a specific zoology program within the high school. Wow. And it was a school that was next to the zoo. And then they would take you on the bus and take you back to the main school. And then do your other classes. Well, that sounds cool. Which I didn't get into. I didn't take. Oh, I didn't go oh, that route. Well, yeah, but and you finished. It was yeah, a. Yeah. It was an idea at the yeah, time. That sounds cool, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course, if anybody wants to work with animals, that would be really cool for them. But yeah, definitely. So they had this special program for them, the zoology, that you were interested in at the time, and you applied, and you wanted to take a break just to get back to a fresh mind and just start school on a good note versus being burnt out. Definitely. Because at that point, when I had finally gotten my associate's degree, I'd been 44 years in community college. Mm -hmm. And so I took that time off, applied to UC Davis, and I moved to Mammoth for a season because I was like, oh, I want to get good at snowboarding and I want to take a break. And... I actually did end up taking one online class because UC Davis wanted to see me enrolled for an entire year in order to get into that college. Oh, okay. Yeah. So even though I had my degree and everything, I still had to take a class to look like I was enrolled the entire time. Okay. That's a little interesting. Yeah. It wasn't 
it wasn't ideal because yeah. I was like out in Mammoth working and then also had to come home and then For do the my online class. class. Yeah. But I made it work yeah. and I got into the college. Okay. So January of 2018, or I'm sorry, July of 2018, I came home from Mammoth and I realized it wasn't what I wanted anymore. So and it, it was clicked. Oh, it just clicked. It was like, I, I got back from living in Mammoth and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go to Davis. And it was the hardest thing. It took me, it took me two to three months and I had visited the campus. I got my financial aid. I picked out my classes. I was getting ready to move to yeah. Davis yeah. before I, I finally like broke down and I was like, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here. Was it because you were already tired of going to school for that long? Was it the schooling that you were just not ready for? Or was it just the whole thing? Like you weren't interested in the zoology anymore and you just wanted to do something else. I think it was more of a growth period for me where I finally like found myself a little bit that I, I thought I was on this path of wanting to study animals and do all this stuff. And then I finally left the coop, you know, I left the nest with my parents, right? went to go adventure and find myself. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I was different. Mm -hmm. I had changed a lot and grown a lot. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to go to, I want to go and try something else. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it was so, it was totally easy, but I was freaking out the whole time because I thought everyone was going to be so disappointed in me. And that wasn't the case. Yes. And I think that we all kind of get a little bit nerve wracked by that because like I was nervous too, because I mean, I love art and art's been my passion since I was younger and I've always wanted to be artistic in some sort of way for my career because I wanted to enjoy my career. I wanted to enjoy working. I wanted to enjoy going to work every single day. And that in my mind was to be creative in some sort of way. And as I got older and I went through my whole schooling and my, you know, degree and I finished my degree and I didn't, you know, work in the industry a little bit. It just, it didn't click on what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that I wanted. And I don't know, for myself in general, for that, for that type of subject, for that type of art, I guess. Maybe I wanted art, but just in a different form. I don't know, but it just, it's hard when you have so many voices and not necessarily negative or positive. It's just, you have a lot of opinions and suggestions on the way that you should run your life in the back Mm -hmm. of your head or what you keep hearing, whether that be from family members, friends, you know, teachers and Like, you want to be able to respect their opinion and be able to, like, understand where they're coming from with why they suggested that for you. But sometimes it's hard because their life is completely different from yours. And they think that that might be good for you, but it's like, until you actually go through that growth period, you really don't know. And they don't know either because they're not the ones going through that growth period. So Mm -hmm. the only person that was able to find that out was you because if you didn't go through that growth period, you probably would have been finishing out your zoology degree back at that other school. Right. I mean, who's to say if you would have finished it out or dropped out, you know, halfway through or, you know, finished out school and then just 
went back to going back to school again and was in school another six, five, four years, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. And I think that's why some people are in college or school for so long is because they start believing that they need to start with something and realize it's not for them, so they change it again. But I think that's a, an important aspect to understand when you're growing up because it's all about trial and error. You have to try before realizing it's not for you. Mm-hmm. So at least you went through a lot of, you know, it as when you were younger because then instead of assuming that you were, you know, going into this veterinary zoology kind of field, you realize that something else made you happier. And you wouldn't have found that out unless you went out and ventured out and tried new things because without that, you wouldn't have known. I mean. Right. So, I mean, you did snowboarding for how long in that little time frame? I mean, I learned how to snowboard when I was 18. Okay. So maybe back in, what was that, 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was still very new at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my fear was telling them what I really wanted to do and being told it's not an, a realistic job. Oh, yeah. Or opportunity to chase, which <laughs> is, happens to everybody. Oh, yeah. I get that all the time. Like, you know. An artist isn't a real job. I'm like. Exactly. Um. Well, it is, though, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean. So it's so funny that we're talking about this because actually in my interview with Nikki, she mentions this about her business right now. In this moment, she is a traveler, YouTuber, photographer, videographer kind of thing. And she owns her own business by being this photographer, videographer. But we mentioned in that interview that a lot of people don't think it's a real job that like she kind of spends her time playing around and traveling and just kind of doing whatever, but it actually takes time. You have to do social media management. You have to look for jobs. You have to bid or, you know, promote yourself. You have to promote yourself to companies. You have to, you know, come with a portfolio to companies and mean like, this is what I can provide you. So there's a lot of work that goes into these things that people don't realize that it actually is in fact a job or it is in fact realistic. It's just a matter of the way that you implement it or the way that you go about it. Because like I can tell you how many people say that art's not a real job or being a fine art artist is not going to make you money. You have to do digital art. And I tell you right now, I think art in itself is very hard of a subject to talk about because it's hard to make money as an artist depending on what it is. But like, I, I don't think it really matters. I think it could be digital, fine arts, whatever, or photography, music, either way, it's a struggle to get other people to recognize your work and appreciate your hard work in it. And I think either way you could be a starving artist. It's just a matter of how you implement it or how you go about it. Because there are people that like sell photographs for 10 bucks. There are photographers that sell photos for like hundreds of dollars. So I think it's also understanding your worth too is because like no matter if it's art or not, in your sense, you were worried about the response that you're going to get, but you valued this opinion enough to 
say something. Obviously, you knew that it wasn't meant for you. Whether they agreed or not, it was your worth that you knew that you needed for yourself, that this wasn't something that you wanted for yourself. And they might not understand that aspect, but, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cool that, like, whether you were afraid (laughs) or not, you still made the jump. Like, you knew that this was better for you in the long run versus just doing what you thought was to make everybody else happy instead of yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's making that choice to stand up for yourself and do what you know is best for you and not what's best for everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, so even then, I just want to talk about what was going through your head at this point because you said you were nervous. I mean, how'd they take it? I mean, when I mean, it sounded like your mom was cool with it. So, like, how did you you know, tell her, how was it like you just walked into the room and was like, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. I mean, what kind of happened? Like, I guess, what was your counter argument? Like, usually when people have a decision like that, they usually have a solution. So the people that they're telling aren't as worried. So it's like you come in there, it's like, I am doing this, but I'm doing this to make the solution. So did you come up with a solution or was it sort of just like, I'm leaving, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to go with it. Oh, I sure did have a solution, and it was a big one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) First of all, I'm a big baby. Whenever I have to have some sort of conversation that's serious, I start sobbing before I even get a word out. It's very emotional. (laughs) So I remember sitting with my parents and crying and being like, I don't want to go to Davis anymore. I want to go to this college out in Colorado that has a snowboard team. That's literally what I said. I said, I want to snowboard and I'm moving to Colorado and I applied already and I just have to wait to see if I get in and it's double the cost of UC Davis and my mom, double the cost. Oh, wow. double the cost. And my mom looked at me and she just goes, okay, okay, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just didn't know what to say at the time. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that I mean. about her because I didn't even know what to say. I was like, you go from a $20,000 school to a $50,000, $55,000 school, and she doesn't even know how to react. She just goes, all right, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I... I think that, honestly, though, I, I would, if I had kids myself, I would prefer that overall. At least they, At least you came in with knowing what you wanted. Because there's a lot of people that come in and be like, I don't want this, but I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that's a little nerve wracking because you don't have, you know, a backup plan, I guess. I think people feel a little bit better if you have a backup plan because then you're yeah. not completely, you know, stagnant. You're at least moving somewhere else. You're moving forward, maybe not in that direction, but you're going into a different direction now. Mm-hmm. But at least you're moving forward in some sort of way. It's another step to Figuring out who you are and figuring out if it works for you or not. It might not work. You might come to Colorado and absolutely hate it. Who knows? But at least you made the initial and adult decision for yourself to keep moving forward just in a different direction. So I think that made her feel a little bit better about it versus just being like, nope, I'm not going. (laughs) That's just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to bum it (laughs) on the beach and not do anything. Then I think that they'd be a little bit more worried about it. I feel like... (laughs) Is, are, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you sure that's what you want to do? <laughs> well, can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe you're making the wrong decision. Yeah. yeah. So I think that you having a solution 
and a backup plan or at least this next plan for yourself, it was overall a better end result. Because then you, yeah. you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because I think that works for me and even just the simpler things. That if I know where I'm going or I know where I'm headed or I have a goal at the end, like I am a lot more focused, a lot more determined, a lot more go-getter, like kind of I will get stuff done. But if I don't have a destination, I am all over the place. Yeah. I am so disorganized and I have, I'm just so spacey and it's kind of bad. Honestly, if I don't have a plan and you think that I could just, you know, free for all kind of just go for it, but I'm just not that type of person. I need a plan. Which we talked about. We have to have a routine and a plan of where we're going. And I'm, you know, I, I don't mind change as long as that change falls into another consistent either schedule or I, I, I work better off consistency. So it's not that I don't want to change. I mean, change is scary, but like, I mean, that's a huge step to move to Colorado from LA. I mean, obviously I, I, I'm guessing you had some like nervous, you know, feelings about moving a completely different state away from family. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even though that change is scary, at least you had a destination because then it makes more sense. Like, I feel like people... We all can get through something a little bit easier if we know where we're headed. If we don't know where we're going, we're like, is this even worth it? Why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then you don't know the reasoning. Like, like, what's the purpose? Like, what's the what's the reasoning behind it? If you don't have your reasoning, then you're just like, well, I, I don't know. I'm just doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, uh, no direction. Uh, sure. Uh, I feel like not having the reasoning, you're more likely to trail off or fall off like the motivation wagon or whatever you want to call it because you don't have that reasoning. I can't tell you how many videos I've been seeing now lately that is just based off of knowing your reasoning, like knowing your purpose, knowing why you're doing it. Like, when it comes to anything, Mm -hmm. because like if you're going to the gym because you feel like you have to work out because everybody else is working out, then you're going to quit. If you're going to the gym because you want to live a healthier life and have that lifestyle, then you're more likely to stay motivated and stick with it because it's for you and your purpose and your reasoning. And Mm -hmm. you know, that reasoning is for you that you came up with yourself, not someone else, not someone telling you that you need to go to the gym. You came up with that reasoning. So even just the little things like that, it's like you have to come up with your reasoning on why you're doing something. If you don't have that reason and you feel like you just do it because everybody else is doing it or you feel like you have to do it because, I don't know. Someone it's, is telling you to do yeah, it. Or, yeah, it's or it's just that um, it's that social norm that people think that it's normal to just go to the gym and work out. Well, maybe, but... Is it your norm? Like you have to create your own norm within your lifestyle and your life, like what your your goals are and stuff like that. And I feel like with that reasoning, you were able to kind of stick with it and commit to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I've, I feel like if I don't have a reasoning, I trail off. Like I just don't commit to it and I try something else or I just don't commit to it. So... I think you really need that strong reasoning on why you're doing it. Otherwise, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Right. (laughs) Like, and then like two weeks later, you lose that motivation. And that's where it comes from is like, you might not have that motivation, but you have that reasoning. Like, 
I want something bad enough. So even though I don't have that motivation, that reason is pretty damn important. So I'm going to suck it up even though I don't have the motivation because I have that reason. Right. Exactly. Which happens to me all the time, you, <laughs> you know? know? Yeah. I think no that, motivation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it, it's all natural. It's, we all have those days where we just don't have motivation, no matter how driven and powerful and confident you are as a person, whoever you are, even just the, you know, popular people, like, you know, the famous people from Hollywood, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they have days where I'm like, I really don't want to go to the grocery store today. <laughs> like, but they're going to suck. I'll it up pay someone to go there yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, they all have their reasoning, maybe just to feel normal, like some normalcy, just to go to the grocery store and feel like a normal person that's not in a film. Maybe right. it comes down to just straight that. But I don't, I think that it's just super important to realize what you need. And having those people to support you is also very important. So it's very cool that they were as understanding as they were when you told them because it can be hard for people especially when those people in your life are so important to you so their opinion matters to you Mm -hmm. and I think it would have I don't know affected you differently if they weren't as supportive so I think it's it's very cool that you had the support that you did when you made that decision because I feel like some people they get talked out of it and Mm -hmm. then they don't end up doing it and then later on they I think they regret it because they didn't just do it for themselves because they know they needed to do it for themselves. So Yeah, I've always mentioned how lucky I am to have the people, my parents in general, and just the friends that I have in my corner because not everybody has that. And they have been supportive for me throughout this whole process. Yeah, which is awesome. So I guess this follow-up question to that is what do you think you would have done if your mom specifically in this scenario would have reacted differently what if she wouldn't have been as supportive what would you have done you think that is a tough question because i am a mama's girl through and through and i would do anything for that woman <laughs> she says i need to be home by 10 i'm home by 9 30 you know <laughs> yes. yeah so i think and i hope my past self would have still gone to Colorado Uh for sure. I think I would have had my friends still to support me through that process. And they would have been like, no, no, you know, don't listen to your mom. She loves you, but you got to do what you got to do. And I think that would have carried me through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's probably something that like, especially for parents, I think that I've just noticed a trend that it's more of just making sure that your kid is safe and not struggling. Obviously, you don't want to see your kid struggle. So just I think that maybe even if she at that point hypothetically didn't support you at that time, she would have saw you become the person that you are now and how successful you have become over the years, you know, and finishing school, you know, in three weeks. Like, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. And I think that, you know, certain people just need to see it for their own eyes, you know, that it was the decision that you needed to make at the time. Uh, it's just hard, I think, because some parents have a hard time and they, they want the backup plan to be successful. Shoot, they want plan A to be successful. They don't want 
their kids to struggle. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, that's we all kind of have to struggle, and I think that's just a matter of accepting that your kid's gonna have to go in, try something. It might not work. They gotta try something else. It might not work. Gotta try something else. It might not work. And that's part of life. So no matter how hard you try to prepare your child to be exactly on point from the start when they're first born to, you know, later on when they're finishing high school, you can't control those little things, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, even with athletes, they start like super young, like four, five, when they can start wa- yeah when they can start walking when i went to snowboard for the very first time there was a t- i kid you not he was so tiny i was like can he even talk yet and he's out here like snowboarding better than i can oh it's crazy how good they can yeah. get at three four years old yeah and it's crazy because who's to say i mean like not to say that they don't enjoy it of course but like there's certain things that you wonder, you know, if they didn't start at two years old or whatever, if they would have pursued something else. Or as an athlete, like, they've started so young and that's all they know. Like, I've heard stories of gymnasts. They go until they're the age of 18 or whatever and they're like, I'm ready for something else. This is all I know and I want to live, like, a normal life. Like, and it's understandable because all they know is train, 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 train. But they don't know socializing with friends or going to a party or, mm-hmm. you know, doing those little things that we do as a kid. Like, it's completely different. And just to think how weird it would be if to see that other life. You know, it would be kind of cool to just kind of pop your head into, like, a room and see what your life would have been like if you didn't make certain decisions. How crazy right. that would be. <laughs> like, it just- would... A sneak peek at yeah. what could have been. Yeah, it would have been like a film, but it's like a view. So it just would show just different clips of like, this is what would have happened or what your life would have looked like if you made this decision. And not in a sense that like to make you regret your decisions at all, just to be like, hey, this is what it would have been like. Mm-hmm. Just imagine, you know, what you do have right now. And it could have been like this. Like, yeah. You never know. It just would be kind of interesting but i feel like people would have take it to the regret stage and that's probably <laughs> oh if i yeah. peeked in there and i was a pro snowboarder in there no i would have been very upset <laughs> so <laughs> i don't think i want to see peak. <laughs> i did not pursue the snowboarding what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you still snowboard for fun though right? oh definitely <laughs> yeah. and i was a snowboard instructor for oh, two okay. years yes. so <laughs> I kind, I kind of am good. I <laughs> kind of am good. <laughs> oh, man. It's just crazy to think about, though. Just those little things. I, like the what ifs. Not in a negative way in any sense, but just like, I wonder what would have happened. I think about all the time if I would have gone to UC Davis, what my life would have looked like. like all the time. Yeah. It passes my head. Like, where would I be right now? Yeah. What would I be doing? Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, completely different. Yeah. For sure. You would have never came to see us at kickboxing at TFK. I know. You you wouldn't have shown up there. We wouldn't have had this interview. (laughs) It would have never existed. It's just crazy how things work. And, you know, there's always that saying, like, things happen for a reason. But I don't know. I mean, yes, I believe that. And no, I don't believe that. But it's just, like, I wonder how true that could be, like, There are certain situations that need to happen in your life 
to grow. Otherwise, if it didn't happen, you wouldn't have learned that lesson. Or you might have, but just in a different way, I guess. But Mm -hmm. there's just certain situations that I'm like, I, without that, I probably wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have been in the situation I am or the person that I am today. And I'm wondering if that happened for a reason because it had to happen for me to learn, you know, not necessarily my mistakes, but my mistakes and just learning in a different way or having a different mindset, like for a positive look. I'm just wondering like how real that saying is. It did happen for a reason. Obviously you going to snowboard and then coming back to not finish or go through that schooling, you know, at that college, that specific college happened for a reason because you were meant to come here. Yeah. You were meant to come to Colorado. I always say it's just part of the process. Yeah. You know, we're all on these different paths and no matter how we're doing it, it's all going to be different. It's all part of the process. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. So now that we've kind of talked about how you came to Colorado, you decided to move here to join a college because they had a snowboarding program. So let's talk a little bit more about that. What were you going to go to school for while you were joining this snowboard program? So I joined this snowboard team at CU Boulder and I majored in ecology and evolutionary biology. And the reason I chose that was because it was the closest in relation to animals that I could get as far as like biology goes. Okay. Um, Which come to find out, I hate biology. So let me tell you, that lasted one semester. Okay. Okay. You learned real quickly. (laughs) Learned very quickly. And I was like, oh, this is not for me. Even just by you saying whatever you just said, I can't even repeat what you said. I was like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. My brain just was like, I can't compute with what you just said. (laughs) I had looked at what the rest of my semesters going to look like for the year to um major in that subject and i was like oh absolutely not Not, uh, (laughs) oh no oh no that's dangerous (laughs) (laughs) okay so then after that semester like what what happened then so after that semester on the team and everything i switched to environmental studies okay i minored in e-bio instead because they kind of went hand in hand and I was getting ready to join the, uh, pause. I was getting ready. Oh, oh, (laughs) pausing for myself. That's fine. Um, I was getting ready for the fall semester and I had to pull out financial aid for myself because my parents helped me for the first semester. Oh, okay. But what happens is you become an independent student at a certain age and it's all under you for FAFSA. And I didn't get enough money to go to school there. And I was like, oh no, like this isn't good. And I started looking at private loans and it was, I don't know, at like a 12, 13% interest rate. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. And so I took a withdrawal semester. I decided to work. I was working on campus at a gym, which is when I started getting into weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I was working there and I was paying my rent at this um, student housing that I was living in, which Side note, I moved into a different student ha- student housing when I took a withdrawal semester for something that was cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I paid my rent and everything, and halfway through the semester, the school decided they didn't want me to live there on a withdrawal semester. 
So they kicked me out and I, they gave me like a week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They gave me a week to pack up my things and leave, even though I had talked to them about, about me taking a withdrawal and if it was okay for me to stay there, but I had nothing written. So no to everybody out there. Yeah. Get everything in writing. Get everything in writing because it screwed me over and I was, I was a mess. I'd had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. I was begging them. I was like, I pay, I pay rent. Well, like, why are you kicking me out? And they kicked me out. I lived with a friend for a few weeks and then decided that I was going to need to take a year off instead. And so at that point I just took a year withdrawal and I worked on my residency for Colorado so that I can get in-state tuition. And then that was when uh, December of 2018, or I'm sorry, December of 2019, I moved to Breckenridge. And that's when I started becoming a, a snowboard instructor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I took that time to just work on saving up money and applied to get back into school um, August of 2020. Okay. Yeah. But that whole thing was a mess because then COVID hit yeah. when I was in Breckenridge. Yeah. So I had to, I lost my job. So I had to go back home, but I was because working was on, seasonal. because it was a seasonal job. Yeah. But I also was trying to work on my residency. And so the, I was starting to freak out because I couldn't leave the state. I had to show proof that, that I had living been here. living in Colorado for a year. And it was a mess. It was a mess trying to figure out what to do. Um, luckily they worked with me obviously during COVID. So I went home for a few, few months to kind of (laughs) figure out what I was doing. And then I found a house. And home you mean LA? Yes. Home I mean Los Angeles. Okay. Yes. Back with the parents. Yes. For for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I quickly got tired of being home and immediately had to go back to Colorado. I was like, I can't be here for very much longer. So I moved back in with another friend in Denver for two weeks. And then I found a house to live in (laughs) that following like August of 2020. And I had been in that house for a year. And then I moved into another house (laughs) that next year. Wow. I don't think I've ever moved so many times in my life in Colorado. Overwhelming in the time span of like a year and a half. Oh, it was constantly like trying to figure out what to do. In like a short period of time between getting kicked out of my housing and trying to figure out where to, where to live, where to work, move back, find another house to live in, Mm -hmm. get back into school. And at that point too, I was doing, it was school all online. You know, I wasn't even able to go on campus. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It has been a roller coaster. Goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I came out here to compete for snowboarding, and I didn't even get to do that. I realized the snowboard team wasn't actually a team. It was a club, so that kind of killed my dreams for a little bit, (laughs) for sure. But I picked myself back up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you were able to instruct uh, in Breck, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Started instructing. Um, I met some really awesome people in the snowboard industry that... Yeah. You know, I got to work with and I got to build some really awesome snowboard features and do those little competitions on the side. Yeah. And so I did get to compete a little bit, not at the level I wanted That's, to, right. but little competitions count. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. the, it's cool that you were still able to incorporate that, incorporate that in your life still somehow, because it can be kind of 
daunting when you have something that you really want and still just not really part of your life, like the way you want it to be. But um, it's good that you were able to still pursue it in a different aspect. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to appreciate the little wins. <laughs> and I got to work with kids, and that was another thing that I got to like yeah. tie back in to what I love doing, which is working with kids, kids. Yeah. So yeah. and snowboarding. <laughs> nice. So how was it that you decided to do the biology and then the snowboarding? Have you, I mean, why don't you go into something that involves more about snowboarding? I don't, I mean, I'm not really sure what they have available for career wise, but even just being a part of those resorts full time versus just the seasonal, isn't there ways to be a part of maybe not in Colorado, but like different organizations you can be a part of that in, is more incorporated with snowboarding? Yeah, I mean, I've looked into some opportunities. You know, there's um, the Colorado Mountain College, uh-huh. CMC, and that's a, that is an entire college based around um, the ski industry. Oh, wow. And it is snowboarding, instructing, or snowcat driving, you know, when you're grooming oh, the, uh, oh, yeah, the trails. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking more like sports, like Olympics, like being involved in like the behind the scenes for those things. I don't know. I don't know how that all works, but it just would be kind of cool to help out in that sort of aspect. Like yeah. some of the winter, I maybe even, well, I don't know about the physical trainer kind of aspect, but like I'm I'm guessing those snowboarders and skiers need somewhere to like practice their their craft. I mean, where do they practice when it's not snowing outside? <laughs> I mean, so what's really awesome and this is why I came out to Colorado is that they have there are so many Olympians out here that compete yeah. and they're everywhere. I mean, you will see them in competitions that are just these little side ones at little baby mountains they yeah. just pop out of nowhere you know and you're like oh my gosh aren't you a gold medalist like what are you doing here you know like hey leave this to the amateurs over here you know yeah but uh i they have incredible mountains out here to practice on and they have mountains that are open for the for the summer for these athletes oh they just put like the fake snow yeah and so what i loved about dipping my toes into the snowboard industry was that the people that i met I can now look for if I wanted to like pursue something that way. So I took a all women's park class, right? With two, these two rad women, just incredible. And I mean, I've reached out to her privately and she's like, oh my gosh, like, how you doing? Join my class whenever you want, you know, and like get lessons from her. And, um, she does the summer program at Copper Mountain. That is like, I mean, it is a, a select group of kids that kind of get in to practice there. Yeah. And yeah, now that I know her, I can easily just be like, hey, like, can I take a join class? In, can yeah. I join in and practice? Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, those those little opportunities that have opened up for me, I'm, I'm so grateful for. Yeah. I might not be a pro snowboarder now, but I'm making these little connections on the way yeah. that can maybe lead me to... You know, maybe doing bigger competitions. Bigger competitions. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah. my god, that's so cool. I know. <laughs> it's well, all things that I'm like, about it. You know, I came to Colorado and I was so driven. <laughs> I was so passionate about it. Gosh dang. Okay, so 
You mentioned the snowboarding, we mentioned the school, but you said a little bit towards the beginning of our interview that you are three weeks away from graduating, right? How do you feel? I am so excited. It honestly doesn't even feel real because I've been in school for so long. Um, You you know, we're going on nine years. We're going on nine years. That is a good amount of time to be in school. And I mean, mean, like, yeah, but in and out, and it's it's a lot. Like for me, I I did my four years. I did my time. I'm like, I'm good. I'm moving to the next adventure. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I always question sometimes if I want to go back to school, but nine years, that's, that's a decent amount of time. So is this like, is this it? Are you going to go back to school for anything else? Or are you done? No, I think this is going to be it yeah, for me. I think be nine the, years. This is the cutoff. Is plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The amount of people I tell that I'm like, oh yeah, this is my ninth year, you know, trying to get school done. And they're like, oh, graduate school? And I said, no, my bachelor's, okay? I'm trying yeah. to get my bachelor degree. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got the associates and then you're, you know, yeah, you did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of that. A little yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I am so, I'm so done. I'm so ready to not have the feeling of like homework on the back of my mind every day. I, yes. You know? That is a huge thing for me because like, it's part of the reason why I don't want to go back because I don't remember, I don't, remember I don't I don't miss the yes I got to study for a test I got to study like multiple days at a time for this test I have to worry about exams I have to worry about three or four different classes at a time and then I have to worry about homework and then I have to worry about this and it's just like oh there's so much that goes to school school is like a job in itself honestly it's just you don't get paid for it you're paying them so you're pretty much doing a job and a half to two jobs to maybe even two jobs and a half and it's it's a lot of work it's definitely i could definitely see you being done with the whole thing (laughs) because i was there too at the end of my bachelor's and i was I wasn't even in school for that long. <laughs> yeah. So. Or just constantly telling people that you can't go out or you can't do this or you can't do that. That's true. And people not understanding, you. Yeah. you know, and it you're like, I, you. homework is a job. Yeah. Yeah. It restricts you for sure. Yeah. You have to come home and work. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's anything that you're trying to pursue. I mean, take me, for example, I, I, I'm not in school anymore, but there's a lot of things that I have to, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but it's just the fact that I have to come home or tell friends that I can't hang out. I got to go home and work on something mm-hmm. and it doesn't click for them, but that that's okay. That's they'll understand it later when we're both success, successful and off doing whatever we need to do. And they're like, Oh, how'd you do it? It's like, well, I sacrificed those nights of, you know, hanging out and chilling to working on homework or doing whatever I need to do. And you just kind of have to, I mean, I don't know, bite the lip and just suck it up and do it. Like, but at least you got it done, you know, now you can feel accomplished that you did it, you know? Right. I hear that from a lot of successful people who are older. They said they surrounded themselves with, you know, hardworking individuals, you know, and they didn't go out and they weren't partying. I mean, of course we all want to have fun for sure. But at the end of the day, they were there trying to pursue their goals, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's a huge difference. It's crazy because when we're younger, we don't think anything of it. But as we get older, we're like, oh, I should have surrounded myself with more motivated and like determined people because who you surround yourself with is a huge thing. Huge. Yeah. Because you might not realize it, but 
let's say, for example, you have a friend that always goes out and drinks and parties and dances and stuff like that. That's fun for a little while. And it's a immediate fulfillment reaction kind of thing. You're just like, I am immediately gratified in this moment. But this does not serve me later on. This doesn't benefit me in any way other than a hangover the next day. Like, it doesn't benefit me in any way at all. It's just a temporary fix to make me happy in the moment. But it doesn't, you know, earn me money. It doesn't earn me a house, a car, a family. It doesn't gratify anything in the long run. And it's unfortunate because I'm not saying, you know, don't have fun. Don't, like, live your life. I, but I just find your priorities and really fine-tune your priorities in the sense that, okay, I need to do my priorities first. Once I check those off, then I can have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm not saying that, you know, like, your priorities have to take over 100% of the time. But, like, you really have to find that balance of being, like, okay, priority first, first and foremost. And that priority is probably going to take up 80% of your time. But then that 20%, yeah, have fun, let loose, you know, relax, self-care. Make sure to find that time for yourself. Mm -hmm. But make sure that you go back to that 80% priorities because if you start flip-flopping that and it's 80% fun and only 20% priority, then you're not going to get very far. So you kind of have to make that sacrifice. And if you're around people that understand that same concept, then you're a lot more likely to be successful together and work your way up together versus one working their way up and one being they're Mm -hmm. not in the same mindset they're not in the same bubble like if you have people that are just there to like have fun and really not take anything seriously well they're not going to get very far and if you surround yourself with that person then you're not going to get very far yourself it's all about that being surrounded with the positivity and that motivation because I tell you what, if I'm surrounded with someone that's motivated, maybe not more motivated than me, but more than likely motivated than me, then I'm like, oh, I need to get my together. (laughs) Like, I need to, like, get on this. Like, look at you. You're getting this, this, this. And not to compare myself, but it's more of like, oh, you're doing an awesome job. What am I doing? I need to, like, get up and go. And, like, I need to, like, start working out again. Like, I need to get stuff done. So I think being around people that want to make stuff happen, like, it's just sort of a motivator for you. Even if it's a temporary motivator, it's just, like, realizing that I want that. I want that part of my life. I want that success successful fulfillment versus just a temporary fulfillment like I want it long term and I want this kind of life for myself and the only way I'm going to get that life is if I keep working for it and I tell you there's so many people like even just take Vicky for example she's a really good friend of mine and she's such a sweetheart and we don't get to see each other very often she has like two jobs just like I do she works her butt off and but when we talk and we talk to each other like we hype each other up and we we know that we might not get to see each other every weekend or whatever just like you and I like we'll plan it out we'll make it happen yeah and when it when it happens and we plan it and we finally you know join together and hang out it's magical and special because we took all this time to each other and like we're able to like 
laugh and talk and we still were productive look at us go like we're getting we're still productive like it's not like this day was completely you know all fun I mean it was fun and productive so I think you just have to find that balance like you can still have fun just find a way to make it useful for your time too because like I think that like let's say for a hike example you and I going on a hike we're active we get to see nature. We're like doing self-care and something important for us versus going out and drinking, right? Totally. Drinking isn't exactly helping us health-wise either, <laughs> but like going on a hike, it helps us mentally and physically. So we can also have fun while kind of straightening out our priorities, just imagining around who you're going to be around and who you surround yourself with because... Mm-hmm. I tell you, there's, and it's like based off just my mood too, because if I'm around people that are always negative, dead, uh, like Debbie Downers, like I start to catch myself being a Debbie Downer. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's not that, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> my life is just fine. Yeah. You know, like everything's okay. You know, like sometimes I get a little like, woe is me. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> get so dramatic. But when I'm around people that are even just not necessarily focused on something specific, but like if they're fun and like happy and positive and they're always trying to like hype you up, like I feel so much better. And I think that's why I enjoy TFK so much is because like I'm around people that like are motivating each other and hyping each other up and making each other feel better. Like even if we're having a hard day, like we're there to just you know, support each other. And that's what I need. That's what I want more than anything. Different ways to spread it out, you know? Yeah. That's important. But yeah, the snowboarding is very cool. And I'm super pumped. I want to see where that goes, honestly. Me too. (laughs) I would love to see where that goes. (laughs) So with the three weeks almost here, I guess what's your plan after this three weeks? When, what's your plan to... I mean, I have a lot going on yeah. <laughs> when school ends. I have a bunch of family coming out for my graduation, which is awesome, and yeah. some friends that are flying out to see me. And um, I'm moving to another house. Yep. So here we go, another moving again, <laughs> moving into a new house. Yes. Um, hopefully, hopefully more longer term. Yes, <laughs> I would hope so. I'd love to just stay put for a for hot a, minute, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm going to be fixing up the house with my boyfriend Mm -hmm. and doing that. So I'm stoked to do that for a while. And I've been looking for new jobs because I'm trying to not work down in Boulder. You know, I want to work up in Netherland. Yeah, like closer to where you live. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to make that drive Drive. back and forth down the canyon. So I actually randomly got an email the other day from, from CU Boulder that was like, hey, like job at the Mountain Research Center in Netherland, for, open for the summer. And I was like, oh, I am absolutely applying to this. Like, yeah. this is my calling. This is it right here. Like, yes. this is a great job opportunity. It's something that's temporary. It's just a summer job, oh. but I can make connections it's, at right. the Mountain Research Center. I can, I can figure out what they're doing out, when it's not summer. <laughs> exactly. Figure out what their jobs are. Yeah. See what else I can get into if that's the, the route I want to go. And it's not an option to do like, because sometimes seasonal can turn into full time if you do really well in the seasonal job. Definitely. Yeah. I could still work there. 
um, and then maybe change departments depending on, you know, what's available. Right. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. That is And that's super something cool. I just heard. And I just heard it now, yeah. like, <laughs> for the first time on the podcast. Oh. So I'm super pumped for you, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah. I work at a liquor store for, the, for right. those list, li listening. So what would um, you do for this new job then? So, you know, it's just an assistant cook is that okay. opening position. Right. But... It's networking. the whole point of networking, networking. and Absolutely. it's meeting people, and yes. I love talking to people, yes. so I could be serving food and being like, what do you do? Yes, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I think people seriously underestimate the power of networking. Mm -hmm. Honestly, networking, like, I wish, I mean, when you're younger, you don't fully understand it. But it really matters who you know, like, and who you talk with, because if you network and you get to know people, they'll be like, hey, I know exactly what this, this would be great for you. Or like, we're looking for someone for this. Like, networking mm -hmm. is amazing and it goes a long way. Like, yeah, even these little jobs that I've had throughout my life, those people mentioned my name to other people. And I've gotten job opportunities out of those yeah. connections. So it has always and, helped. And job connections as well as just like friendship connections as well. Like I know that there's been times where it might have not worked in like a, a career based or like a financial kind of aspect. But I've met some pretty interesting people and they are incredible people. And I've just learned so much even not just to like find a job but like just learning from them mm -hmm. I'm like wow I would love to pick your brain even more like this is exciting yeah <laughs> oh man that's so cool yeah and then I'm also looking into this study abroad program I found online that isn't connected to CU Boulder so it'd be something that I could do after I graduate uh -huh. and it's a summer program it's four weeks in Kenya studying elephants and I'm I would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have to like have the biology and the like? No, the... you have to. You don't have to have anything. I might you don't join have to have you. Anything. I might. Join and you, you should <laughs> because. So I figured I would. Will apply. you go with me to be a panda nanny? <laughs> yes, dude. We I'll were talking you. about this on our podcast, and I don't know if you've caught it, but like Mark had this episode where you go that China is find, trying to find people to help them at their panda sanctuaries, mm -hmm. and. You work with pandas all day, and they pay you like thirty thousand a year. It's not much, but they cover the room and board, and you just work with pandas. And I'm like, if I don't have to have a veterinary degree, and like my life kind of comes falling into shams in the next year, yeah. I'm going. I don't care what's going on in my life. I'm going. I would go. Like I would go. I'm straight up going. <laughs> like <laughs> I've had a half a mind to just drop everything and just go. Like, Seriously. It sounds amazing. And elephants? <laughs> yes, I would do that. Oh. Elephants and pandas. So for four weeks, we go to help the elephants. And then for the rest pandas. of the time, we go help pandas. <laughs> that would be it. That's all I That's, need in my life. Sounds like the you lifestyle know? right there. You hear yeah. right here, folks. We're going away for a while to go help elephants and pandas. Yep. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm so done. Like, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. I would be so excited if I got into this program. So I'm really if it wasn't my like already crossed. connections from here, I'd be like, let's go. When are we going? I know. Like sign me instantly. up right now. Let's go. Like what money do I need <laughs> yeah. to pull out a loan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I already have enough debt. You might as well just add to it. Let's oh, go. Seriously, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that's so cool. So yeah, that's kind of the game plan. I'm, it's things are just kind of popping and up as I go. Out? Four weeks in where? Four weeks in Kenya. Where's that at? In Africa. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Like north, south, you know. I want to say it's. I want to say it's north, but I could be wrong. Okay, we'll have to look Don't that have to up. Double check. Yeah, we'll have, <laughs> mm-hmm. have to check that out. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so let's see where it's at. It looks like it is on the east side of Africa. Yes, roughly. So, yeah, that sounds amazing. That's man, I want to go right now. Let's go. <laughs> let's just let's sign go. up and go. It's only four weeks. Yeah, the Pandanani as well. I think that's a little bit longer, but. I That's think, a long I one. I think we could figure that out. <laughs> Let's have you live in Netherlands for a little while, and then we'll go. Yeah, let me test out this mountain town first. <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, man. But I can just expect a phone call here in a little while, like maybe even just a year's time. We'll be like, okay, Devin. Let's go. <laughs> We're leaving. We're going to Kenya. But like, okay, great. What do I need to fill out? Just let me know. <laughs> That's where I want to get to, though. Honestly, I want to get to that opportunity where I don't, I'm not so grounded in one area, that I'm not so restricted, mm-hmm. that if someone called me up to go on a trip, I'd be like, let's go. I, I wouldn't have to second guess. I wouldn't have to reevaluate my schedule i'd be like just tell me when where and what i need to sign and what i need to fill out i'm going and i want to go i want to get to that point i want to get to that financial freedom where i'm like yeah let's go yeah i don't even have to take a second because there's a lot of times right now in this moment and this time that i'm like oh i'd have to like check my bank account i'd have to see like if i can get call off work it's it's difficult you have all these things that are like tying you to this one location and it would be nice to just, even for a little while, I wouldn't say, like, my whole life, but, like, just a good amount of chunk of, five, like, five years or something like that where I just, I'm in a stage in my life where I can just make that call and not worry about the the uh, repercussions of it. I could just yeah. go and not worry about coming back or coming back to work or, you know, I just have either a remote job or, like, find a way to, like, have income coming in or just even just be able to leave for the four four weeks and just be like, okay, I'm settled and I'm fine. If I come back, not everything has completely gone to shams, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's so funny you mentioned the, the remote jobs because... I think that's like what everything is moving towards at this point. You know, everyone's wanting those remote jobs so that they can travel, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And have that freedom. Well, and with the pandemic, I mean, everything shut down and we weren't able to go anywhere. And I think it really showed people like, oh, wow, I really do not want to be stuck in one place. I want the freedom to be going mm-hmm. other places. And I think it kind of woke people up a little bit that it was like, wow, you know, we're kind of restricted right now. I don't like this feeling I kind of want to get out and you had all that opportunity before but it really didn't affect us in that way because we had it readily available but when it was taken from us we were like no (laughs) I want that back even though I didn't use it I can make it work and I will use it I haven't visited there yet okay so give me a second (laughs) yeah yeah so I think it really made people kind of their eyes open a little bit that realized that benefit we had that we really didn't take advantage of a whole lot. And I think that people are starting to realize how important that is because I mean, I only got one life. I mean, how are we going to spend it at a job nine to five, 40 hours a week and watching TV on yeah. 
Sunday and doing it all over again. <laughs> and maybe having a trip every now and again, every five to ten years. Because we feel like we need to treat ourselves because it's been too long. Yeah. I feel like that's messed up. I feel like we have to work our butts off into the ground before we feel like we deserve a break. And I'm like, no, we, we should be able to deserve breaks or just time to enjoy ourselves more than just once every now and again. Like, I think that we need to do that more. So I think that that's really cool that it'll be in Netherlands closer to you too, because if that's the case, then you don't have to spend so much time driving. You can spend more time like doing what you want to do on those. Because Netherlands to Boulder, how long is that? Like an hour drive? How long is that? No, it's not even that bad. It's like 30 minutes. Oh, that's not as bad even as I that. thought. But still, it's just... You know, it's kind of save some time a little bit. Yeah, and also just when it snows, oh, it's a yeah. nightmare oh, yeah. driving down that canyon. And gas. And, and gas just, adds up yeah. now that we're at $7. Yeah, no <laughs> it's kidding. Areas. Yeah, it's insane. It's like four bucks a pop. I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to drive. No, 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 no. So it'll save you a little bit of money to allow you to put that money towards something else you want to do. Exactly. So, yeah. I'll just have to come and visit you. <laughs> I have to go hiking a lot up there. It's so beautiful in Netherlands. So I'm super pumped for you. When you said it at first, my brain was like, oh, that's cool. I wonder where that is. I'm like, I know where Netherlands is. Why is my brain just mush right now? Why did it just shut down? I know where Netherlands is. I just, for some reason, when you said it, it just sounded like this far, far away place. I was like, it sounds like some place that, like, like Never Never Land. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. We're like, why are you going? Why are you leaving? Because, like, the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, she's moving, like, far. And I was oh. like, like, I thought it was, like, Steamboat Springs kind of far. And I was like, that's like a four-hour drive. I'm like... Damn, I'm like not gonna ever see her. <laughs> nope, just right up the canyon. Yeah, just I'm right in the little the mountain town. Yeah. yeah, I'll drive up there, especially the summer. We're gonna. Oh, it's gonna be so nice during yes. the summer. I'm oh. so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to, like spend like, all right, uh, what you doing this weekend, Netherlands? What you doing this weekend, Netherlands? That's right. Like, uh, I thought you spent. Netherlands last week. Dude, I got a girl up there. She can hook me up with Netherlands. She knows the spots. She knows the hikes. I'm up there every weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> or at least very frequently. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's... You know, it seems so easy to, like, travel... You know, like, a half hour doesn't seem that long, which it's not, actually. And, like, it's not that far. And... For me, my dad is like two hours away. And two hours is really not that far. Like, if you think about it, it's as long as a movie, right? Like, you watch a movie, you could be there. Yeah. And so it's, it's in the bigger picture of things, it's not that far. But when you get so wrapped up into your schedule and you're just like, wow, I look up and it's already been a month. And I'm like, I have not seen this person in... It just flies by. Yeah. It's crazy. So... Even though you moved to Netherlands, we'll definitely have to find some time to go hiking oh. up there and take pictures. And it will happen. I won't be in school anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have a yeah. lot of more free time. Free time. Yeah, that's exciting. Is the idea? Your, idea. We'll have your weekends mm -hmm. hopefully. So that'll be cool. Oh yeah. Alrighty. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. So as I mentioned, we're gonna wrap it up here. 
So, Ms. Page, is there a social media handle that you like to share with us for any listeners that want to reach out to you about anything, even just like snowboarding or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it, anyone on here can shoot me a message on Instagram. It's probably the best bet. Um, you guys can reach me at paig 3 underscore 10. And it should say Paige Carrillo, and that's me. (laughs) Sweet. All right. I will share that with our caption below, so you can check it out there. If you have any questions for her or you just want to reach out and just find a new connection, you know, she's awesome, and you guys can definitely uh, chit-chat about whatever. Uh, As for us, um, you can reach us at thetcircle.life on Instagram. Or emails at team at the tcircle.life, or better yet, you know, those voice messages we always like to encourage just because we really like to hear from you guys and really get your opinion on everything and just see what you think of the uh, interviews, the dark circle, you know, the tea talks, everything like that. So, anyways, we're gonna wrap it up here with one last question page before we head out. Uh, one question that we like to incorporate in all of our interviews is one that Mark and I came up with. Um, if you were to have tea with anybody live or dead who would it be and why so my choice would be jamie anderson okay she is a professional snowboarder who knows how many gold medalists this girl has won (laughs) she's incredible uh if i could sit down with her and have tea i would hope that i could talk because (laughs) i have met her get a little fan oh (laughs) i've met her before at an oakley event that was going on at mammoth mountain over in california and they were signing, you know, little autographs and stuff. And I just was like, I love you so much. <laughs> and I just walked away and I was like, okay, I got to redo this. I got to redo I w- this. I would hope I could redo this. Redeem you. Oh, yeah. A little bit by talking to her. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that would be awesome. So, Jamie, if you hear this, Paige definitely wants to have tea with you. So let's hook this up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, though. So is she just one that you've followed when you were a kid, like growing up, or is it something, how'd you find her as? Yeah, I think she just popped up on whatever I happened to be looking at with snowboarding is she was one of those main girls that just really stood out. Mm -hmm. And time and time again, she has always done a certain trick or, or done something in a competition that has never been done before yet by female writers. And I think it's been a real inspiration for me just as far as women in the snowboard industry that it is very male dominated at the end of the day, you know? And so when I have these women writers out there that are just killing the game, oh, it's just everything to me. It's everything to me. And she's an incredible writer. She is one of those two where I've noticed um, she really takes care of her body and she reads her body. And I've, I've seen her in competitions where she has, you know, she's, she's fallen on one of her runs and she realizes that it isn't the right move to continue on. And she's had to make those tough decisions to be like, hey, I think I need to call it on yeah. this competition. And that's not an easy move for yeah. gold medalists yeah. when they've been training and training and training to, and to, to listen to your body. And it's saying it's not ready to be out there competing. Mm-hmm. She's made those moves. Well, and it's incredible. And it's not about competition at the end of the day. It's about making sure your health is well enough to be able to compete the following day too and the days following that day because if you you know put your ego first and go anyway then you might lose the chance to c- compete in 
you know, the future. So it's good that she made that, you know, that move. That's yeah. smart of her. Like, and you're right. That probably is one of the hardest decisions to make, especially when you have other people being like, oh, no, you can do it. Like, just keep going. And you're like, Because, of course, no. you would push yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. And she's obviously hardworking and stuff like that. So for... Her mind, I bet she kind of fights with herself internally being like, should I keep going? Should I not keep going? Should I keep going? Should right. I not keep going? <laughs> I think uh, to add to why I love her so much too is she's, I think she's my height and I'm pretty short, you know, and I think she maybe was a little bit shorter than me. And so it's always like, oh my gosh, we're the same height. Like yeah. I, I can do it too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little badass. Yeah. <laughs> a little badass. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's so cool. Okay. So you'd have tea with a snowboarder named Jamie. And, uh, well, overall, I really enjoyed and loved this interview. Thank you so much for being on the tea circle with me and saying yes. Cause <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, it could go one of two ways. So you could be like, no way. Or like, sure. Like why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to just like seeing where you end up later on, like, especially with the Netherlands and the new job opportunity. I'm crossing oh, yeah. my fingers and toes for you. And then, of course, when we go to freaking Africa for the elephants, like, I'm recording every moment of that. Oh, yeah. Here we go. We're going together for sure. Yeah. Then record it. Just put the, like, just press record and just audio upon audio. Oh, yeah. We'll be audio. doing a podcast in oh, Kenya for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You guys mm-hmm. better be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, fun fact, Kenya, um, it's a huge conservation area. And it is completely illegal to um, poach or kill any of those wild animals oh, in Kenya. Yeah. So it is, you can get a huge fine for yeah. any illegal hunting there. So when I hear it's like that for places, I think uh, certain places in like Australia and like just different areas, like in the outback, you're not allowed to mess with like kangaroos or elephants or anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. there's certain things like even when I was living in Hawaii, like you're not allowed to touch the turtles. Like you get fined for touching the turtles, even touching them. I think I've heard that before. Even being like near them and like messing with them. It's their culture and their, their habitat. Like don't mess with them. Mm -hmm. You you get in serious trouble. So (laughs) I think it's, I think it's important to understand that we're in their ter- ter- territory at that moment. Like, we kind of need to respect their space and their, you know, culture and their time and their environment and stuff like that. Because I think sometimes us humans kind of get a little bit spoiled and we're just like, we can just do whatever. <laughs> but kind of have to respect their space too. Like, otherwise we won't have them later on in the future. Because it's scary to have something go extinct. You know, like, to not ever... I mean, could you imagine not ever having elephants ever again? Like, it's not like they can clone them or, like, recreate them. Like, if they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, all these animals are important to the ecosystem, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we start losing these important plants and animals. It's not going to be good at the end of the day. Oh, it's not. (laughs) That is a whole other conversation. Oh, 100%. I won't won't dive into that. That is my major. I'm trying not to either because I'm trying to be more eco-friendly and my brain's like, I want to talk about this so bad. Oh, yeah. We got to save that. So we definitely have to save this for another another day. But for those of you that are more interested in the eco-friendly, saving the planet kind of thing, message us. Let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. 
hearing about, and uh, we'll try to make it happen. And Paige and I can chill in Netherlands, record the next episode having to do with eco-friendly Save the Planet kind of topic. So now that we know who she is, you guys uh, can see her again and we can talk about that. So just let us know what you think. Anyway, we'll uh, catch you later, Paige. See ya. Thank you so much.